Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Life doesn't wait until you're prepared or equipped to handle things. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. <clears throat> you are so sick. <laughs> You're so sick. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Well, you're a superstar because we just did an interview uh, for next week. and Right after I... Right after you threw up. <laughs> but we didn't know. You started getting sick Friday yeah. and we were like, oh, by Sunday you're going to be I was ace. sick Friday, slept all day Friday, was feeling better yesterday, mm-hmm. and then all last night my stomach was really upset and then I threw up this morning. Yeah. Like, you haven't even... Have you drank your coffee? I had two sips. Yeah. Is it okay? I didn't know what to get you because it was so early. I don't even know what you got me. I got you a caramel brulee latte with lactate. Oh, sounds amazing. Because I thought you would like it. I'll warm it up later and have it. Well, don't feel pressured to, but... I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to say, how was your week? I don't even know. The kids were off school. Oh, yeah. They extended Christmas break on account of this Omicron... Omarion. Have you heard that? Omarion is like a singer and he, oh, no. everyone keeps calling it that. Oh. He's like, I'm a singer, not a variant. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I worked a few days. I was home for a few days. Was sick on the weekend. So just trying to pack because I have to move. Yeah. But you've got a, f- a lead on a really good place. I do. Yeah. And so, so and I think like a couple places, it seems like there's yeah, I'm Some not going to be homeless. Yeah, well, you're so. not because I said you could even move in with me True. on a short-term basis. And does Lindsay know about that? I mean, <laughs> somebody did. Who asked her yesterday? It was so funny. They were like, oh, yeah, when you met her, did you know that she had... Baggage. <laughs> uh, Michelle and five kids. And she was like... <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> and I was like, yeah, I told her. I said, listen, I don't have kids of my own, but you I have a best friend. Talk about it on the first date. Yeah. Yeah, how about you? You had a week? Yeah, uh, we had a close contact in our house. Uh, like, Lindsay's daughter was a close contact. Mm-hmm. And we were with her for a couple days before she went to her dad's. And then she tested positive for COVID. And so her and her brother, we decided it would it was best if they just stayed at their dad's. Yeah. And then we started testing. We had some symptoms, but it was like... Like, was it COVID? Was it not COVID? Mm-hmm. Are we just tired? Did Lindsay test positive? Lindsay tested positive once. My, I tested positive, but like, it looked like a smiley face. <laughs> so I think... <laughs> so it was a happy kind. It was a happy, it was a happy positive. <laughs> uh, but it was like, it didn't... Te- you're supposed to look within the first 15 minutes and mm-hmm. there was nothing. And then after like 30 minutes, there was oh. this little happy face. <laughs> Or like so smile. Creepy. And so I was like, uh. <laughs> so we called HealthLink and they said because where Lindsay works, she qualifies to get a PCR test. Right. 
But I didn't because they're like trying to limit, limit who can yeah. get them. So she went and it was negative. Oh, it was negative. Yeah. And our symptoms are gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But it was kind of nice because so the kids stayed with their dad. Yeah. So Tell for, me about that amazing I, time you had with that children, so Carling. Tell me sorry. all about it. Listen, I'll set you up with him. That would that be... Is- the last thing I want. Okay, but I just want a week without children. I don't want a man. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll introduce the kids to him and they'll all hit it off. No. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I'm trying to find a place for your kids to go for a week. <laughs> That's a random man's house. <laughs> it's my stepkid's father. They have a great time. They watched movies. They played cards. They, he has a puppy. Perfect. Yeah. Anyway, so we had eight days and we had like all the things that a creep would be like, hey, kids, (laughs) I got a puppy. Got some games. You want to play cards? Want to watch a movie, huh? Oh, my God. My (laughs) God. But we kind of just had this little unintentional staycation. And I love that for you. Thank you. I feel bad talking about it, but. Why? Because you were home with five kids. But we like, we played Nintendo because we got a Nintendo Switch. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And I am no good at it. I mean, that does not surprise me. I know. Way. Like, because she was like, yeah, it's like, it's like Super Mario's, mm-hmm. but like 3D and new. And I was like. Super Mario's. You're so cute. Why? What is it? It's just Super Mario. And it's Mario. Mario. Super There's... Mario's. No. <laughs> I'm Luigi. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. <laughs> And okay, well, listen, we had some Girls Guides cookies. Girls Guides. Here's the thing. I don't know if anybody knows the new Super Mario on Nintendo Switch, but all I do is run around. I don't know how to control it, where to go. I just kept picking Lindsay up and throwing her. She's like, stop picking me up. And I was like, like, babe, guys. Yeah, I was like, I literally don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just running around. Anyway, so we did that. We played Yahtzee. We colored. We watched some terrible movies nice did you see in the news i feel horrible but like also have this like secondhand embarrassment even though it's a very serious thing oh god what the okay it's going around tiktok it is the oh the ski jump the ski jump thing yes the beach mountain water pipe burst and it burst underneath someone that was on a ski lift on a chairlift I cannot tell you. I, this is so terrible. This like tells you, we need a psychologist to dive into this because Uh I watched the video. I watched a 10 minute video of it. Some skier hit a water pipe. The water pipe burst. So it's like, it's like a geyser throwing up like a ton of pressure. So why did they just like move the ski lift? Yeah. So it was like in the middle of the hill. So like somebody had to ski down and be like, hey, there's a water pipe burst. You got to move the ski lift. And so at one point it stopped and then it kept going. And so there's this, there's this row of four ski lift chairs with people in it and they go through the geyser. Like like the water is like, and they get blasted, chucked around, but it goes through. It's like a one, two, three out, one, two, three out. And then I think by the time they got, somebody got to the bottom and they were like, you have to stop the chairlift and this guy this person i don't know who it was this person had to watch the four people ahead of them go one two three one two and they so they were probably like okay i'm gonna okay. get blasted yeah. i'm gonna get soaked yeah. and then we're gonna move on be done. yeah we timed it it was almost three minutes no 
of this water. And like, it's not just like, oh no, it's a hose. Like, no, it's like. They went unconscious. No. Yes. You can <gasps> see in the video, this, the chairs being tossed around, they're being tossed around. People were saying like, why couldn't you just redirect the water with like with a snowboard? Yeah. It would have snapped the snowboard in half. Yeah, yeah. The water pressure was unbelievable. Oh my And, gosh. you know, at one point I was like, why isn't anybody doing anything? But like, what are they going to do? No, they, totally. Like, they could only just wait and witness. Oh my god! And this person, you can see when they go unconscious, <gasps> they just become like a noodle in the chair and no. their limbs are being flown around. And like, my God, I'm... So- I know your face. This is not a visual medium. So I need to tell you, <laughs> Michelle has covered her mouth and is trying not to laugh because I just got this like secondhand embarrassment. It just reminds me of the lady in the gurney on the, from the helicopter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, I was so embarrassed. Oh no. Thinking. And I was, and Lindsay's like, why would you be embarrassed? And I was like, I would literally just pretend to be unconscious, even if I wasn't. Yeah. Like, because I don't want. For like a couple days after. <clears throat> yeah. Until they, the whole thing blew over. The person over. froze to the chair. Oh my God. So after yeah. three minutes, the chair moves. Like somebody else had to ski down and be like, you got to move yeah. it again. And everybody behind that person jumped from the chairlift. Somebody broke a limb. Oh. Like it was wild. And. Where was this? In North Carolina. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This person on a little skidoo with a little gertie behind them. Skidoo. Skidoo. What do you call it? It's a skidoo. Skidoo. <laughs> skidoo. <laughs> like, what do you do? Um, I drive a skidoo for a living. I save people off the mountain on my skidoo. That sounds better than skidoo. Ski do, <laughs> everybody get on your ski doos. You gotta get on the skidoo and get going. Oh god, skedaddle on your skidoo. <laughs> I'm gonna put this on our Instagram stories. Do you say ski do or skidoo? Continue. Do you say see do or sidoo? It's uh, a see do and a ski do. I think I just call it a jet ski, honestly, because neither of those sound right. Okay. Anyway, so they're like riding up and down this hill underneath this person. They can't get them off the chairlift. Yeah, because you would think, like, jump and we'll catch you. Yeah, it's over 15 feet up. And the person's unconscious. Oh, my gosh. And so then this person in the freezing cold temperature, soaking wet, unconscious, had to ride the, like, they had to wait until it got to the top. I am both mortified and devastated for this person. That is awful. That is awful. I would literally pretend to be unconscious Four days. Yeah. And be like, I don't remember a thing. I never want to talk about it again. Yeah. Like, scrub it from the internet. Yeah. This is one more reason our one of our Patreon episodes has to be about things that embarrass us. Absolutely. We've already done ones at times we've been embarrassed. Yeah. But like just things that make us uncomfortable or embarrassed yes. that shouldn't. Like general things. Like being injured in a catastrophic accident such as this. Like imagine explaining that to somebody. Like well, that you were in. The comment section was unreal. Oh, I can't like, imagine. My uncle drowned on a ski hill. <laughs> <laughs> like some of them. Like, and they're no. like, they're testing the Patagonia water resistant. <laughs> like, that person came up dry as a, like terrible. No. Anyway, I just saw it last night and I was like, I need to talk about it oh, on no. our intro. Because it was unbelievable. That's incredible. Now we got to figure out if it's skidoo or skidoo. 
it. My goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and terrible. Yeah. But also this week, changing gears, mm-hmm. it's our it's a, our Patreon episode release week. Yes. So you guys are hearing mm-hmm. this on our main feed on Tuesday and on Thursday for our $8 tier, we release our Patreon episode and then on Friday it releases for the $5 tier. Yeah. And I'm stoked because we're talking with a longtime listener, first time caller, mm-hmm. Tia Bell who is just a, like she's a listener. She found our podcast randomly and then she joined our Patreon. And she lives in my town. She lives in your town. Yeah. We were looking for people to interview for our Patreon yeah. and she reached out. And it was very on, on theme of what we talked about during our Christmas episode about boundaries with family. Yeah, it was super interesting. It was very interesting. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. So if you are like, hey, I've never heard this podcast before. What is a Patreon? Or if you just skip over our intros and don't listen, but now you're hearing this. A Patreon is a monthly subscription mm-hmm. and a way to support the work that we do. And as a thank you, we give you two bonus episodes a month. Absolutely. So there are over 48 episodes. Wow. If you like signed up today, it's $5. You get instant access to 48 episodes. That is like a dream. Could you imagine someone finding our podcast today? Mm-hmm. We almost have 100 episodes on our regular feed. Yeah. And we have almost 50 episodes on our Patreon. Yeah. That is like binge heaven. I love it. And I I'd li- I like to think that we're binge worthy. I believe we are. I want a t-shirt that says binge worthy. Binge worthy. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about that. We've And we're gearing up to interview you. We're telling your story uh-huh. about um, Anthony's passing. Uh-huh. And we're about to interview or uh at record episode four mm-hmm. and we've told my story about the time i accidentally married a man who was a psychopath who was the worst possible man human human yeah, yeah. um and that is i keep saying it's a five-part episode it's a six-part series Ooh. i know and the oh, yeah because ta- there was one that we just literally read out yeah like emails, emails court documents yeah and we talk about the time i was almost kidnapped from an internet predator yeah we talk about all, all sorts of traumas. When you were stalked. What do you mean? When you were stalked. Which which time? Oh. oh. <laughs> Did we tell the story? You had about... a stalker. Like yeah. Was, yeah. When I was in grade 10. Yeah. Oh my God. I forgot that we covered that. <laughs> what do you mean which time? Well, because like do my we have ex. another episode? No, no. Like my ex. Okay. Like the six part series. I was like, no, we just talked about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. And then that was the... The time where we asked a very important question about can ghosts ejaculate? <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, we do not we know. We don't know. We so, need to ask Kaylee. Oh, that's Because we had a medium that's on. That's true. And she did a reading for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. we It's a treasure trove it is. of episodes. You'll never know what you're going to get over there. Ghosts ejaculating, <laughs> husbands dying, all sorts Being of things. Being stalked and forgetting about it yeah. somehow. Oh, Wow. All right, so go check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. We appreciate the support so much. Absolutely. Ooh, and this ties in nicely. I'm sorry that you're sick and I feel great and have had a lot of coffee. I know, you're very energetic right now. And I feel like I should come and match your level. And all I want to do is like crawl into my bed. We could have done this episode from your bed. We've done that. Yeah. Okay. Today's episode is with Marcy. Mm -hmm. She reached out to us about her story and she wrote a book 
Yes. Called The Good Stripper. A memoir. A memoir. And we are going to uh, give away a copy on our Patreon. Mm -hmm. So one more benefit of being a patron is that we do giveaways whenever we can. You get entered once if you're at the $5 level. And if you're at the $8 level, your name gets entered twice. Awesome. And Mm -hmm. we're going to give away her book. And we have a few other incredible stories coming up. Mm -hmm. And these people wrote books. And we're going to give away some signed copies of that. Yep. (sighs) There's so many reasons to become a Patreon. Yeah. Let's get on with today's episode. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello, Marcy. Hello. How are you guys doing? We're good. How are you? I'm good. A little chilly, but I'm good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about our weather difference. You have like a balmy minus five. Which now I can't complain. I know. We're sitting at like minus 30 something. And this is Celsius for our American friends. Although once you get into the negatives, is it all the same? I don't know. I think so. There's like a, there's like a number where it's so cold that it all becomes the same. Anyway, it's very cold. Yeah. I would be in shorts on a patio right now if it was minus five. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Wow. All right. Well, maybe change my whole perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are you guys in a lockdown too? You're in Toronto. Are you, what's your restrictions? They're, they're getting, I don't, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I know that restaurants, I think they can still be open, maybe 50% capacity, closed at a certain time. It's funny because I read somewhere where they're like, no dancing, no singing. And I'm like, it's footloose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No alcohol after a certain time. It's basically oh, footloose. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, we need Kevin Bacon. He can only come to I was going to say, I was just going to say, a few dance numbers would you know, spices up a little. Yeah, absolutely. Spicing's up, but spread COVID. So yeah, yeah. that's true. true. Um, Oh my gosh. Well, we've been so excited to chat with you. Why don't we dive right in? We'll have you introduce yourself. Tell us like a little bit about you, who you are, and, Mm -hmm. and then we'll just like dive into your story. Okay. So I am Marcy Warhaft. I'm well, I'm a body image advocate. I've worked in that field since 2007. I created a workshop called Fit Versus Fiction that I took to schools with kids starting in the first grade to help them grow with self-esteem in our image-obsessed society. And it's an interactive, fun, I use pictures and stories and get them talking and playing games. And kids actually want to talk about the pressures that they feel. And it just gives them a safe space to do that. And I still do that online. And I, I have a workshop for teachers and parents. So I've been doing that for a long time. And then last year, I wrote a memoir that was called The Good Stripper, a soccer mom's memoir of lies, loss, and lap dances. And in it- Your book cover is so, cause it's like a stripper pool with a stroller. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. It's something. Yeah, yeah. It's not very subtle. The, uh, <laughs> the kind of, but it's a bit deceiving because the dancing part was only a small part of my life, but it, it was an impactful one. And it, did, it was part of years of, me living a a double life. It was basically in a nutshell, it's my story of how anybody can start off in life feeling safe, protected, loved. I was very confident. I was very self-assured. I was, I danced, I played sports. I was very, very outspoken. I had this amazing mother who told me very young that I had a voice and every right to use it. Nothing intimidated me. And then when I was 17, I went through my first, my first major loss and trauma, and it impacted my self-esteem so much 
that I went from being this kid that thought she could take on the world to feeling like I didn't, I didn't deserve to be part of it. And when you feel like that, especially at that age, when you're supposed to feel like you could do anything, it sets you up to be really easily shaken and manipulated by everything that gets thrown in your path. And that's what happened. And it was for me, unfortunately, life doesn't wait until you're prepared or equipped to handle things. It throws stuff, it can throw stuff at you. And it it just continued to throw stuff at me, major things where I, I didn't have time to catch my breath. Right. And I kept pushing those traumas down and pushing those traumas down. And, and when you do that, it just, it doesn't disappear. It just pushes it down to where it can do the most damage. Well, we and are then, very familiar with this. We, <laughs> we are like queen pusher downers. Well, there you go. And, and what happens is you get to a point where you're, you're so weakened, but then it all, it all comes up. And I, I kind of dissociated and became a different person for a little while. And, and, for me, I always say my story isn't things were good, then things were bad, then things were good. They were good, they were bad, they were good, they were bad, then they were good. Because I'm out of some pretty dark places and was doing really well, but I had never dealt with the things that I had done when I was just trying to survive. I mean, I, I dedicate my book to anyone who's struggling to forgive themselves for the mistakes they made when they were just trying to survive. Yeah, I wasn't focusing on the fact I had survived. I was focusing on stuff I wasn't proud of that I did when I was trying to survive. And as a result of that, I kind of fell back again and felt again, wait a minute, I'm doing these great things and I'm I'm feeling good and I'm accomplishing things, but I'm still a bad person. I still don't deserve to be here. And it wasn't until I was able to forgive myself for that. And it was, look, it was bad. It got very, very dark again for a while, but it was, I hit a point just maybe six years ago. So this isn't, this isn't a long time ago when I realized, no, wait a minute. You know, I do deserve to be here. And, and you yeah. don't have to do anything epic in order to, do, to be worthy of your place here. You know, it's, it's little things that we do and, or, or nothing. Like we're, we're here, we deserve to be here. And it was when I started to, to let that stuff go and to forgive myself and to be kind to myself and decided to write the book. And I had secrets that were keeping me prisoner for years. They were keeping me, I thought, okay, no matter what I do, no matter who I meet, stuff is going to come out. They're going to see I'm a bad person. So I, I just, I have to keep it a secret. And then I realized I was doing that to, to myself. I was holding myself prisoner. And the only way I could set myself free was to expose myself. No pun intended. Maybe a little. Um, so, <laughs> so I wrote this book and I put in, as much as I could, there were things I didn't to protect other people. But but I was, if I was going to write it, I was going to write it. And so yeah. it's, it's pretty brutal and it's it's honest and, I was prepared for whatever backlash could come professionally or personally because I had gotten to a point where I was okay with myself. And right. and until you until you are, it doesn't matter how many people think you're great. If you don't feel it, you're still super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And the and the reverse is true. If you're okay with yourself, then it doesn't matter what other people say. And in releasing that, writing it was great, but it was releasing it that really was I, I, what was a catalyst for change for me because, and I didn't expect that because I didn't know what was going to happen. But when I released it and I expected people to turn away from me, it was the opposite. How do you Go differentiate? Ahead. What's the difference for you between releasing it and writing it? Because writing it was for me. As I was writing it, I got to, God, you know, it was funny because it only took me about seven or eight months to write it. And wow. I was in physical pain. I would see a chiropractor. I would see a massage therapist, my back. And it was, and then I took a break for about two weeks and I remember I had no pain. 
And I realized it was because I was writing 46 years worth of trauma in just a few months. And your body reacts to that. But putting stuff out on paper, this is why when people say to me, because anytime you write a book, someone says, oh, I should write a book. Yeah, I always say, absolutely write a book, even if no one reads it. Because when you keep stuff in your head or in your chest, it stays there, it just gets bigger and bigger. But when you put it out and you can see it and read it and say it, you, you see it more clearly. And so there were things that I was still holding on to. And when I wrote it, I went, oh, wait a minute. Now I understand why I felt that way at that time. Or now I understand why I did that. It became so much more clear to me. And so that, that was great. But when I released it, and again, I expected, I didn't know what to expect. I did expect some backlash and, and people who cared about me were worried about the backlash. But here's what I found. As much as people are drawn to happiness and joy and positivity, there's a need for brutal, honest truth as well. I get messages. I released it last year. And I mean, I just got one this morning. I get messages all the time from people who I don't know. Yeah. who read it, who feel connected. They feel less alone mm-hmm. because they're dealing with stuff and they felt isolated because they keep it inside. And when you keep it inside, you feel like you're the only person that's going through it. Yes. But when you hear somebody else say, no, I've gone through it and I'm not a bad person for it, then they feel, oh, wait, oh, wait, she's done it. Too. Oh, okay. And you feel less alone. And so in that, the, the response that I got from people who, no one's going to connect with everything, that I wrote about it's been crazy life but they will connect to parts of it and so I think that that's been it gave me such a freedom to just really be me because once you lay your secrets out there once once you've laid it all out there you kind of go well what can't I do yeah what can't I post what can't I say what can't I try and that's incredibly liberating. So that gave me the time to kind of go, okay, now what else do I want to do? Like, what yeah. else do I, what, what else am I, am I not, have I not let myself acknowledge or fully understand? And once you can let the stuff that's been tying you down, once you let that go and you see yourself, you see that there's a whole world out there that you weren't allowing yourself to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find for us, it's what both of our therapists have been like, you should journal. And we're both like, absolutely not. We will not. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, there's some sort of block for us, but my therapist was like, I feel Carling, like your podcast is kind of your journal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's true. And for like, so on our Patreon, which is like a paid subscription, I went through and told like a five part series series about like my deepest trauma when I accidentally married a man. Um, and it was a horrible experience. And the release I got from that, the sort of like clarity I got in being able to look back and, and just like spill it all out. Mm-hmm was really liberating. And we're right now doing on our Patreon, Michelle's story, uh, which is a lot more raw and recent. Yeah. And it's sort of, I well, I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's been a similar. Yeah. I mean, I lost my husband almost three years ago. And so now I'm a widow with five kids and it's, there's so much trauma surrounding all of it that, you know, I've been going to therapy and things like that. And, and it's great to kind of work through it there, but to be able to kind of talk about it openly on a platform, you know, the feedback that I'm getting is, is amazing. And I'm also pretty raw, like on my Instagram, I'll post like when Mm -hmm. I'm not doing well, you know, like this is hard, this is terrible because absolutely. And, and it's interesting what you said about people kind of telling you how they see you, but you not feeling it. Like Mm -hmm. people tell me all the time how 
you know, I don't, I don't know how you do it. You're so amazing. You're such a good mother. And I don't feel that a lot if of the time. One person calls you the strongest person <laughs> they know. Oh, I know. I, I hear, I'm with you there. I'm yeah. With you there. But I don't feel that, you know, and I wish I did. And may, and I'm sure I eventually I'll get to a point where I do feel that and it'll probably really help me, but it's really hard to kind of see myself through other people's eyes mm-hmm. um, because I just feel like I'm failing every day, you know, and, and I know that's not the reality, but it's, it's hard. And, and what you said, kind of forgiving yourself for the things that you did while you were surviving, like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to survive, you know, and I know I'm making mistakes along the way. And so it's hard to kind of feel like that, feel like every day, like I'm still just surviving. I want to feel past it. But it's going to be, I mean, you know, I'll tell you something. I feel like I lost my mother when I was 28 and I feel she was a single parent for most of my life. And I, I feel that she was the most spectacular mother. Like she, for me, she was perfection. I know that she didn't feel that way. Yeah. I know that she made a couple of mistakes or I don't even know, Like I know that she felt that way and I could never understand, but I'll tell you something the little things, let's say that she felt she didn't do right. That helped me see that I can make mistakes yeah. and still be a good person. And I think that's what you have to remember too, is that if you're making mistakes, let's say to your kids, you're still the best and they're yeah. going to know. So I can make mistakes and that's okay. I think if our parents seem perfect, then we feel like we have to be perfect. I don't right. think that's yeah. a great lesson at all. Yeah. So I think it's human. You have to be human so that our kids can see that that's okay. I'm like you in the sense that I will, I post a lot of fun dance videos and, and, and because I, that's stuff that makes me happy. And I always say, I'm sure for all the people who are messaging me saying dance more, there are people going, Oh gosh, she's doing it again. <laughs> for sure, for sure. but it, <laughs> that doesn't stop me. No, no, no. Stop me. But there are times when I dance, I feel good. And there are times that I dance because I want to feel good mm-hmm. and I might not be feeling good. And, and there are times when I don't feel like dancing. And then someone will send me a message saying, I can't dance because of whatever. Can you dance to this song? And I'm like, you know what? It, it gives me Aww. the, the encouragement to dance. But I'll tell you, the thing is, I'm also very honest. When I'm not feeling great, because I think that I don't want, I would never want it to be the type of person that pretends that I'm always okay. I I don't like that, that, that I find I can't, I, once I became, not that I was ever dishonest, but once I became so open, I can't not be like that. And I think that's doing it myself and everybody else a disservice. So when people, people will message me, listen, I even dance when I'm walking down the street. If I have my music, I'm going to dance. And I yeah. had somebody say to me, as I passed them, you're the happiest person I know. I'm like, well, not all the time. You know, yeah. the life, is, the world is kind of crazy right now, but you have to find the things. But it's funny because I'll post stuff that makes me happy or makes me laugh. And then I posted something just yesterday that I was feeling. I had found this great image and I, and I wrote what I was feeling, which was she's proven that she can fight. When does she get to stop? Yes. And that's how I feel is that, okay, so I've proven that I can take a punch um, figuratively. Uh, okay. But when do I have to, when do I get to rest? Cause yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly every day I'm in survival mode. I mean, that's yeah. just the way my life is every day. I'm in, and I would love to. And so I, I post and I do get a bunch of messages, people going, you okay. How are you feeling? Are you all right? Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. it, it's, but it's, it's the thing is, this is how, that's how I was feeling. Yeah. And, and I think it's just as important to share that, that I will never be somebody who wakes up and finds like the, and I apologize to everybody who posts this because there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, <laughs> I won't do it. 
you know, any, all of those, like you woke up today or you woke yeah, up today. So yeah. like sometimes you just, you just don't feel okay. No, and yeah, my no. mother, my mother used to say all the time that it's important to have little breakdowns to avoid the big breakdown. Yeah. And so I, there are days when I wake up and I feel fantastic and I'm full of energy and it's great. There are other days when I go, okay, this is not, this won't be a great one. Yeah. Because of whatever's happening with me or in the world. And those are the days when I am extra kind to myself. Yeah. I don't get into this trap of, oh, you're not being productive today. You're a failure. No, no. Those are the days you have to be extra kind to yourself. Yeah. You have to give yourself extra love and understanding and empathy. And on those days, I'm going to, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to lie on the couch. I'm going to watch whatever I want. And I'm, because then I know that the next day I'll be okay. Yes. You know, and I think that that is way more helpful than pretending or, or making people feel like they're failures because they don't feel yes. fantastic all the time. Yeah. I think um, it's so that, so, that'll never be me. I think it's so funny because what you were saying about posting things where you're feeling vulnerable or down and people message you, I literally posted the other day, like, how do I post that I'm not doing well without people trying to help me. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just want to say, like, I don't feel very good right now, but I don't want, you know, I don't need people to like, what do you need? What can I get you? And obviously that's amazing. And it's so appreciative, but also like, sometimes you just want to say like, everything sucks right now, but I don't need anything. You know, I just need to be right. So I want to tell people I'm not doing well because I want people to understand like, it's okay, but I don't want help. It's such You're a not weird, actually, you just need, it's not though. Yeah. It's totally yeah. makes sense. It's the same thing. I think that there are people who, um, are uncomfortable with that. Like, yes. I'll give you an example. I, I, I mentioned this once before I'll give you, it's may sound strange, but my brother died when I was 17 and that completely destroyed me. Yeah. And I remember walking through a mall with my mother. I would walk through like several, like a lot of times and her friends or acquaintances would come over to her and they'd right. say, how are you doing? How's she doing? Like, horrible yeah. and she yeah, would start to cry yeah. yeah so she'd start to cry and I would see the reaction on the other people and they would get very uncomfortable yes and they'd walk away and then I'd say to her you know what tell me tell you know my sister tell the people who love you to them just say you're fine because that's what they really want because people want to know that they did the right thing they feel yes. good that they approached her and that and it's not from a bad place but they they need they feel they feel the need just like you said to do something so yeah. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna okay, I'm going to approach her, but like, oh my God, like, I hope they just want to hear I'm fine so that they can know that they did something without actually having to do something. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I think that, that the people do have this weird kind of this, they feel like, like if you're going through a difficult time that they, that they can, that they can help. And sometimes it really is just, it's just listening. It's just acknowledging. Mm-hmm. And when people have said to me a lot, um, cause I have lost a lot of people and they'll say, okay, some, somebody I know, passed away what do I say to the and my thing is for me I hate cliches like do yes. not come at me with they're in a better place do not come yeah. at me with everything happens for a reason don't don't get because that will not go over well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but if you were to say to me the best thing to say is I don't know what to say yeah yeah That's it. I wish if you need anything let me know I wish I could use I I have no idea yeah because you're acknowledging my pain you're not minimizing it you're not, you're not getting to it on a surface. You're not making me feel like you said, okay, now what do I have to do to make them feel better? Yeah. Don't you find that? I find sometimes when somebody would say, what's your family like? And I've got to be like, oh God, okay. yes. you know, my father died, my mother died, my brother died. And I'm like, and so all of a sudden I feel bad. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For them, you know, and it's yeah. just, yeah. So I think there is this, this thing that people feel, and I, and so we should, that's why we need to be honest more because we yeah. need to, it has, it should be where you can say, I feel, I feel sad today. And it won't be like, oh my God. Okay. Everyone should feel sad. What do we do? What do it could just Absolutely. be, oh, she's feeling sad today, Absolutely. you know, and, and send a heart emoji. Yes. That's yes. great. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, coming, you, your friends, your friends as, know. Yeah. Spoken as like a people pleaser to a fault. Yeah, yeah. I like, I'm learning the art of like holding space for people without swooping in and saving the yes. day because you can't always save the day. And sometimes right. like, but like my little inner traumatized child is just like, how can I please this person? How can I make it better? Yeah. How can I make it go away? And I just want everything to be better. But like, there really is this art to learning to just be like, I am so sorry. That yeah, sucks. Absolutely. But that's, just, like, but that's it. Isn't yeah. that, I have to say, it's great that we're talking about this because I don't get to talk about it as well. But, but that, oh, for somebody like you, somebody who's been through yeah. like major loss. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody says to me, any of those, again, they're, they're out of pain. They're in a better place. Any of that stuff, I will lose my mind. They will. They shouldn't have been in pain in the first place. No, they're better place than with me. Who are? Mm. But if somebody just says to me, "This is horrible. This sucks." Yes. Oh, that is the best. Because then you, yeah, you get it. Like without getting it, you're right. It does suck. Don't, don't, don't think that you're making it better by giving me things that can make it look. It's not. It's a. It's a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not okay. There's so no silver lining here. Yeah. yeah. There is, there is, and that's, and that's okay. Like that's, yeah. that's what life is. So please acknowledge it. Don't try to soften it. You can't. Yeah. I've lost somebody that I absolutely adored, yeah. that I will never be the same. Yeah. Now, I used to say it's almost like my weird analogy it's like losing an arm. It's like, yeah, I will be able to go through life, I will yeah. find other ways to do it, but I will always know. It's different. Yeah, it will absolutely. never feel as easy. It will never be the same. I will go on and I will do things, but it will never yeah. be the same. And yeah. I think people really, especially if you haven't been through it, you need to acknowledge that you don't get it. And even if you have, that's the thing too. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if you've been through a similar loss, people handle things very, very, some people need to talk about it. Some people can't talk about it. Some people want people around. Some people don't. Yeah. It's not, you can't project what you would want. You right. can't project what, what somebody else, you know, may have wanted. You have to really take your cues from that person. Yes. If that absolutely. person wants to talk, listen. If yeah. that person doesn't want to talk, don't push them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take your cues from them. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, cause I find this kind of interesting. I'm on social media a lot and I've seen a lot of like Instagram uh, curated feeds and things like that, which fine. If that's what you want to do, like, that's great. But I find it's very trendy to 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 talk about how you're not feeling okay but it's not genuine you know what the I mean crying ones make me a bit crazy like and again I apologize to anybody who maybe listens that does this but I I find it I find it and I and I want to be careful because if somebody there are people who are really struggling and if this is if there are people who who are who this is so I'm not talking to anybody who is legitimately but we're talking about yes and because in anything on social media you're going to find people who are completely genuine and then people who are not so yeah you can yeah. sort of tell when there's somebody who puts the camera and they're playing music yeah behind. they found the right music yes as the soundtrack to when they're crying with the captions 
that's very different from somebody who turns on their camera because I've seen that too. Turn on the camera because they're going through a hard time and they're crying and they're sharing. Yes. Do it. Like yes. you reach out any way you can. And that's a hundred percent. But when it's, when you put so much production yes. into your video saying that I, I do have, it, it, it does make me uncomfortable. It's too. almost like a formula. Like, you know, it's like, I have a few posts where everything's good and everything's happy and look at my good life. And it's like, oh no, I, I need to feel, I need to come across as I need real. to connect. Yeah. Right. Relatable. Yeah. So I'm going to post something where I'm having a bad day. Right. And it's like, you know, there's, there's the genuine, I don't know. And I don't want to be judgy either. And I feel like maybe I'm coming across as, as like also we're kind of judgy, but, <laughs> but it's true. It's like, it's a formula yeah. to connect with your audience. That's not genuine. I do. I think it's, for me, it's the production value. Yeah. Like it really is. Like I think yeah. again, and I, and I, and I, and I hate, I really don't want to sound judgy to do what you got to do, but, but I think when somebody, and we're just chatting so we can say, but I, again, if somebody turns on their camera and they're going through a hard time and they're sharing, they're doing that for them. They need to do that. And, yeah. and I feel like when somebody's putting a whole bunch of production behind it, again, choosing the right captions and write the right music and the right angles and, and multiple angles, they're not, I don't feel like they're doing it because they need to share. They're doing it yes. for, they're trying to reach an audience and not in a way that's genuine. And genuine, I think, that yeah. that's, I think it comes and, down and to think, intention, right? Like, is your intention it. to get more followers and to be more relatable or is your intention to, to just help. be raw and real and maybe help somebody? Yeah. And I, and I, and I do. And I think I would hope that, you know, the last thing you want is somebody who wants to just be raw and real think like, I can't do it. Cause I don't look it, my video. Isn't yeah. the quality yeah. of the other, yeah. you know, like that yeah. there's just, there isn't enough realness. If that's even, you know, that's one thing that, that I'll get messages about my book too, is that I've been told I do things that other people don't, don't do, or I say things that other people won't say. And, and, and listen, I would write, when well, as I was writing it, I would lift my hands off my keyboard sometimes and be like, oh my God, can I say that? I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll say, I'll just say it and then I'll edit it out. And I didn't, I didn't edit it out. There is, uh, uh, I do say things, like I was reading it out loud uh, for an audible and I was just like, oh my God, that's like, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Um, but I think we we need that. We need to see real, um, but real emotion because we yeah. see stuff that isn't that isn't real we see fake anger we see fake everything all yeah. the time and I yeah. think it's important that we connect to see what that really feels like I think I think we're not really willing to be vulnerable and that's okay because vulnerable being vulnerable is vulnerable I mean it's, yeah. you know, not everyone feels safe to do that but I think that the more of us who do who are strong enough at this point to do that are just hopefully creating a space where other people can feel safe. Yeah. even even just with us like when people message me because they can't post or they can't they mm -hmm. don't have people they can talk to but they know because I've done it that I won't judge they know that they can tell me stuff I mean I'm I, I'm I'm not a huge creator I'm not a huge influencer at all and what I'm realizing is that like I said earlier you don't have to do something epic to be making yes. a contribution and yeah. and it sounds this is a sounds like such a cliche and I hate cliches but but honestly, if you've, if you've made even someone's day mm -hmm. a little bit easier mm -hmm. just by being who you are, that's pretty amazing. Like that's yeah, pretty amazing. And I'll tell you this, because I, as I think about it, there was a woman in a, in a random conversation at the grocery store years ago that helped me change my life around. It was, wow. I was feeling like I didn't deserve to be here. I, I talked about it in my book, dropping my kids off at school. They were teenagers and, and 
every day I would drive past an, an, an overpass and consider like think, yeah. should I drive into it instead of through it? And I was at the grocery store, my eating disorder, I'd relapsed and I was stocking up on binge food and I was going to, I was crying in the aisles and like reminding myself to breathe just to get through it. And I was going to go home and cry and binge and then fix myself and pick up the kids. And the woman at the, at the cash said something to me just about how I'm always a light for her. And I was like, who are you? I think you're, I don't think you're talking about me. She saw something in me and I'm like, what? Like that, that is not what I, and I left her so confused. She saw something in me that I thought was so gone. Like there was, and I thought maybe there is something left there. Like maybe there is. And that I got home, put the groceries away, blared my music, cried. And then I didn't cry again for months because I was ready to make some changes. So that one little tiny thing that she said completely changed the course of the stranger's life. And it was just an honest moment. Yeah. And yeah. I think if we just, those are the things that matter. It's not the the person with a hundred thousand followers who's requoting a quote that's been quoted by 8,000 people. That's to me, that's not, that's not as impactful as just an honest post by somebody who's sharing something that they're, that they're yeah. going through, Yeah, you know, and there's, there's not enough of that. I honestly don't think, think there's enough of that. I don't think we give enough to just people who are just sharing. I think there's, yeah. I don't love how social media has become about influencers and creators and all yeah. that. I, I don't, I think it's gotten too easy for somebody to post some rhetoric that they've heard a million times and get a million thoughts. But what about the person who's just being honest, who's Absolutely. just saying something that and we're missing what they're saying because the algorithms are not, I'm not getting to hear what yeah. this person has to say. Mm-hmm. And they're just sharing something that's just, that's so insightful and so deep. And I don't get to hear it mm-hmm. because yeah. they only have 3000 followers and they're not like, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we still, no matter what the message is, we're still, we still, we glorify and we glamorize the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get a lot of messages from people that are like, either, you know, I went through this thing, but I don't think it's crazy enough. I don't think it's wild enough. I don't think I made enough of my life post-trauma to be worthy talking about it. And we're like, no, no, no. Like what we want to be doing is just having conversations with people who are just living a variety of experiences. And sometimes it's wild and wacky. Like we interviewed a friend of ours whose husband was robbing banks and she didn't know. That's crazy. Yeah, my stepfather. My stepfather what? Did that. Yeah. Did he rob books? banks? Oh my God. Well, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to. Um, yeah. And then, but yeah, we, and then we interview people who just, you know, like, like um, had suffered with postpartum and like, that is just as valid and people will get just as much out of that episode or more than something, you know, like totally crazy. Well, I'll tell you something else that that's really important with that is that what I was, I had some friends for years who were telling me to write a book and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to, for so many reasons I thought I could. When I decided to, I would start and then so many times I'd stop and say just that, well, who's going to care? It's not such yeah. a big deal. It wasn't, yeah. I'm not famous. It wasn't such a dramatic, like there's people who've been through worse and my friends were like, just write it. And then what I found was I went again, once I released it, I will get messages from people going, oh my God, how did you survive? I had one, like I could, you've been through more than mo-, like all. And I'm like, so that's when I started going, oh. Maybe, maybe it is because when it's your life, you're in it. Yeah. So you don't see it. They always say that you can really tell your trauma when you, you're just telling it to someone else and their face is like, yes, what? yes. Then you're like, oh, I guess it's not normal. <laughs> yeah. you know? So I think that, I think we minimize sometimes. And Absolutely. it's kind of like when you said that people say you're strong. 
here's the thing. Yeah, I we hear that all the time, you know, when you've gone through stuff. But you are. And that's that is the thing because you don't feel it. Yeah. But yeah, because you are in it. But other people who are watching you, they they see it. And so uh, yeah. we it, in your own life, you don't. So I think everybody does have a story. And and I think that people we need to stop comparing our traumas to other people. Yes, there are going to be people who have it worse. There are also people who have it better. But just because people have it worse doesn't mean that yours isn't incredibly impactful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, but we do do that. We think like, <clears throat> I don't have a right to be sad because that person went through worse. Well, no, that's yeah. not true. Of yeah. course. It's like when, when my brother died and I remember somebody would be really sad because their their dog died and then they'd say to me oh my god I feel bad saying it to you I'm yes. like no that's a loss like yeah own that loss I remember when I I had two miscarriages and and then lost another baby but I had when I had my first miscarriage I remember feeling bad saying it to my mom that I was sad because she lost her son at 21 and I'm mm-hmm. like that and she's like don't do that like yeah. your loss is your loss every every loss is valid yes so don't don't compare it and how it affects you, that's what's important. Absolutely. So I think that it's, uh, yeah. And and again, going back to kind of losses, you know, like my traumas came out in a very different way. Like I turned to this, it didn't turn to, I ended up in this double life that, you know, where I was this like mom by day and like kind of allowing myself to be sexualized mm-hmm. I, at night. Although I say day and night, I, I wish it was that. Sometimes it was daytime that I was <laughs> being sexualized. <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't that cut but if we don't acknowledge the stuff that we've been through if we keep pushing it down it is gonna find it's gonna find its way out and it won't yeah. be healthy we have to acknowledge it and we have to stop minimizing it because Absolutely. i did i felt like it's not such a big deal but oh my god did it nearly destroy me yeah i feel like we could have you back for like 18 episodes because i'm so curious <laughs> about so like much to, yeah, there's yeah huge, like there's, there's all so this to, to talk about yeah. How did you, I know I'm like in my brain, I'm like, okay, ask her about this. No, no, wait, maybe ask her about this. Um, I'm curious about your work. How did you get into teaching body positivity or body image? It's interesting because you did it at set, like 2007 seems like yeah, um, way before everything. Yeah. yeah. Like before. Yeah. yeah like it was the before times. And it's so much like, mm-hmm. there's so much on social media now about body positivity, but back then there right. wasn't a lot of it. Well, mm-hmm. that's why I do. I have to say this may sound terrible, but I, I do get a bit frustrated when somebody will send me something and be like, oh, look at this. This person wrote an article about, I'm like, yeah, I know. I wrote that article <laughs> 15 years ago. Yeah, exactly. it's been so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So because what happened was when my brother passed away, I felt that he deserved to be here more than I did. I felt that he was a better person. And so I thought that I had to, if I was going to be here, I had to earn my spot. I had to be special. And I didn't feel special at that point. And I was at an age where I was always in shape. I was always thin and fit, but I felt like if I can't be funny enough, interesting enough, intelligent enough, maybe I can be pretty enough. And at that age, pretty was skinny. And I had a doctor at the time who was awful. And I told him I was getting obsessed with my weight and he, he wanted me to look a certain way. And so he told me that even though I was healthy, society was very thin. If I wanted to look good in a bathing suit, I had to lose 10 pounds and that set me off I lost 30 pounds my brother's death so I could it was too much for my brain he was my my father had been out of the picture for a long time and he was my everything and I felt like it was easier for me to focus on the pain of my stomach by starving myself than the pain of his empty room you know yeah Uh, it was control I felt my life was I couldn't control anything if this guy could die and he seemed so healthy and amazing well now I'm completely unsafe so the only thing I could control 
was my body. Mm-hmm. And that set me up for, for years. I battled severe eating disorder, whether it was the anorexia nervosa or binge eating or compulsive exercising when I belonged to two 24 hour gyms because one of them had the audacity to close at Christmas. Um, <laughs> like That's I, 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Um, but, but really, like, I mean, I would go, I would go a couple of days without sleeping and, 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 and I was at this point raising two kids. And um, so it was when I hit a point when I knew I had given up on myself, but I knew my kids deserved a mom. And so I went into treatment. And when I came out of treatment, everything was different. I mean, I got my life back, but at the same time, my kids were in elementary school and I hated the messages they were getting at school. It was all health was about weight loss. Kids were terrified of eating and they brought in a a program to the school that was supposed to be healthy eating. And it was disastrous. And Uh. kids were just hiding food. and, And I couldn't, I couldn't, shut up about it. And so I went into the school and I started speaking to one class and then a word of mouth spread. And then it just became a thing. And because exactly what you guys were saying, because it wasn't, Facebook was just starting. There weren't all these body positivity movements, which thank goodness there are now. So what I would do is I would see something on TV, uh, a parenting show or something. They'd be talking about something with body image and kids and I didn't approve. I would email the station. I would email a radio show that I didn't like something I heard. Yeah. I would write a newspaper where I didn't like, and nobody was, t- and nobody wanted to talk about eating disorders. There's nothing glamorous or anything. Oh, no. yeah. It's just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And, but I would, I would talk about it. So I became the person who the media would call when something was, was going on in the news oh, because wow. I was very outspoken about it. And so I started writing for Huffington Post and then I wrote a book for kids on, uh, for parents, the body image survival guide. Um, and then it just became, it wasn't, I never thought I'm going to create, it was really just me being angry. I was angry. Yeah. I was angry at the messages that kids were getting. I didn't want more kids to grow up the way that I was growing up where I hated my body. I didn't yeah. want parents to have to go through what my mother went through when she felt so powerless watching me in pain. The worst thing for parents is to see their kid in pain and feel like you can't do anything about it. So that's yeah. why I, why I started it. And that's why I'll still do it. And it, it is, it, look, it's, it's encouraging that there are so many good positivity things now that you could find, but it's also discouraging that again, like I said, I'm getting the same, I've been saying this for so many years and it's still there. And that's going to say like, has there been a big change? There's been some change. There's been some change. And, and I love the fact that look, you can feed yourself with whatever social media you want. You can find the social media sites that are going to make you feel lousy about your body. They're going to make you feel like you're not good enough, that you're not exercising enough, that you're not, that you're eating the wrong foods. You could find that. But now there are so many options where you could find that people are saying, no, no, diets don't work. And you, you can't hate yourself into being healthy. And there are, there's that, thank goodness. And we are seeing some stores that are the, the plus size kind of thing. It's it's more accepted. But the flip side to that is you still have the fitness industry who's yeah. going to bully you. You st- Look, what, where are we now? Now it's around Christmas, like New Year's. All the new year, new me oh, BS yeah. is going to yeah. start. During Christmas, it's all about baking cookies. And then two minutes later, it's about working those cookies off. It's yeah. very frustrating. Um, so that's always there. So we just need, we needed to, I'm waiting for the, I feel like we're almost kind of maybe balanced, but not really. I'd like it to, the scales to tip in the way where it's more positivity and, and less of the other, but, but it's a fight. It's yeah. a fight, but I'll, I won't, I can't not like I, ugh, I, I'm not, and I'm not, like I said, I don't have a hundred thousand. Yeah. And, and you could go crazy with that too. I want to get my message out there, 
but I know that I'm impacting the people that, that need to hear my message from me. I know that I thank goodness at 51 years old, I have strong recovery yeah. because it took a long time to get here. I'm super grateful for that. I know it's possible. That's why I won't stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, and that's also, why, I mean, so much comes down to my body image because if I felt better about who I was, then I wouldn't have gotten, while I was married, I wouldn't have, through all my trauma, I wouldn't have allowed myself to put myself worth into somebody else's control as far as still, when I was 17 and felt that all I was good for was being skinny, I was still dealing with that at 30 years old. I still felt yeah. that, that I was only good to be, I wasn't good enough to love, so I, maybe I could be desired. Yeah, Somebody couldn't love my heart, so at least if they wanted to have sex with me, then it gave me some value, even if yeah. it was for 10 minutes. That all stems to a low self-worth, all of it. Everything that started at 17 with my low self-worth is what caused my trauma. Well, not caused my trauma, but caused my reaction to my trauma into my 30s. Yeah, And it's taken me this long to understand that, which is why I, I won't stop fighting for self-worth and self-esteem and not looking for outside sources to validate us because we're they're always going to be like I remember saying to somebody you know they're also commenting on how I dance and, and all that stuff and I was like you got to find the joy even if, even if you're you know you're you're not a great singer and you want to sing and they're like well you know you don't want to go to a karaoke bar and, and sing all the time if you're terrible I'm like well why not like, yeah why because even if you're the best there's going to be somebody that says, well, she's not very good. Like, yeah, there's yeah. always going to be somebody. Oh, so always, just, yeah. It's so important, especially now when the world is the way it is. Find whatever it is that makes you happy and don't worry about how that looks or sounds yeah. or feels to anybody else. Yeah, I absolutely. find it so interesting being like the whole body image thing. So I have a ton of, I call them nibblings. It's like the gender neutral nieces and nephews. I know somebody told it to me once and I'm like, that is perfect because <laughs> I have some nibblings that are non-binary. I try to be so conscious of how I'm presenting myself. And like, I grew up, I've hated my body since I can remember. And my mom was raised by in diet culture, who was raised by her mom, who was raised by starvation culture, who is, okay. you know, like I remember being nine and my grandma telling me I should only have 1100 calories. And we looked yeah. at a box of pizza pops and she said, well, okay, you could get these, but you could only have two and that's all the food for the day. And mm -hmm. like, I was just so little and I have internalized that. And I've struggled with my body my whole life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. in high school, me and my friend did Weight Watchers and we turned 18 in high school and we would starve ourselves all day on zero point foods so that we could go to ladies night at the whiskey <laughs> And absolutely, yeah. And like a Ryan diet was two points, so I knew that if you know, like, oh God, so horrible. And so now that I don't have my own kids, but I am a step parent and I am an aunt, and I'm just like I'm so hyper vigilant about the messages these kids are getting and the representation that I am. And you know, I'm I'm not that close with my sister and her kids, but they were over last night. Unfortunately, they're being raised by a narcissistic father. Narcissistic father. Oh, and a family. Family that body shames and like my 11 year old niece was like yeah well I lost three pounds but I gained it back because of Christmas but da 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 and she's 11 mm. and she is perfect mm. and you know and I remember her being god I don't know how she must have been only six maybe 
and we were talking about her baby picture. And I was like, oh my God, like you were so cute. And she's like, yeah, but I really have to be careful what I eat because I don't want to be fat like you. And her dad's parents taught her that like her dad, that's the message her dad's parents say, like, you better not eat that. You're going to be fat like your auntie. Oh my goodness. It's awful. Look, the hardest part, when I wrote the body image survival guide for parents, the hardest chapter that I wrote was the parents was about, I mean, there are some fantastic, it was all for parents. I mean, there's tips and tools. It's a fun little book you can pick up and put down and games to play with your kids. But the stories that people would tell me about their moms or their grandmothers. I mean, look, I came from a mother again, who was, who would tell me I'm beautiful, but I'm smart. She did all the right things. And I still ended up with it. So imagine, so imagine when you, and and statistically, by the time a girl's 17, she's seen 250,000 messages from the media telling her she's not enough. That's an old stat. So I can imagine now what it is now. But if that's, if that's now, like by the time she's 17, well, how many of her grandmother heard? How many of her great grandmother heard? Mm -hmm. That is the problem. And I think, and again, oh my God, I speak to people all the time who say, okay, you know, people my age who say their mother's coming over and they know that they have issues with food and what do they say in front of their kids? And my thing is you really, in, in those cases, you really have to be able to put your foot down in front of the yeah. adult who was given the negative messages. It's two things. It's If, if you don't want to make the child uncomfortable, you can take them aside that the, and say, listen, in our house, we don't do that. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you love them. And because you love them, you don't want to hurt them. This is hurting them in my house. And and you have to be able to do that. But also I do think it's important to then say something to the child after yeah. to let them know that that message was not okay. Yeah. That, that message was not healthy. That that person, I'd heard horror stories. I mean, I, I talk all the time about how I was contacted by a principal at a school because a kid wouldn't wear their winter jacket because it was a puffy jacket and it made them look fat. This was a, a kid in kindergarten. No. Kindergarten. Okay. <sighs> I, a, a group of grade eight girls were found purging at lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. I went in to speak to that. I had a, a friend of mine who had me talk to her daughter because there were, there was a game. I think she was nine where all the girls were just comparing their thighs. That was like uh, fun. There's so many things that messages that, and a lot of parents will say, Oh, all, all kids do that. Well, yeah. And it's not okay. Yeah. And we need to stop it. So you it's, it's really important that we are, even if we, I say it's the only time it's okay to lie to your kids. Even if you're not really comfortable with your body, let them hear you say nice things about it. Let them hear you say, instead of, oh, my tummy, it's like, I love my tummy because this is where you were. Yeah, and I yeah. love that you can put your head there. Yeah. You know, instead of worrying about your jiggly arms, well, I get to hug you, yeah. you know, and, and you're, you're, instead of worrying about your big thighs, you can dance and walk and run and play. That's, and you know what the amazing thing is? Even if you don't feel it, the more you say it, it does get in there. Yeah. You know? Because why waste your time berating yourself and letting those messages seep in? Yeah. When you can say the things that are positive and let those, let those seep in. I have a hard so. time with that too. And I grew up with a mom who was on a diet every day, yeah. you know, a different diet every day. And still at 70 years old, you know, just lost 30 pounds that she didn't need to lose. Right. Like, yeah. and I remember going bathing suit shopping with her and I was crying because I was uncomfortable in my body and I was probably 17, you know, my thighs were too big. I mean, I would love to go back to that body now. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's like, we always say that <laughs> at that time, you know, I was, I was too big. And she said, you know, well, maybe if you didn't eat so many chips, you, you know, you wouldn't look like this. And it's like, and I was probably, I don't know, like 120 pounds, like, you know, ridiculous. Like I was fine. Yeah. But, and, and then to hear that, it's just like, okay, thank you. Like, that's really, well, 
but because then you realize as you get older, you realize that it's them. Like I had a, I had a yeah. friend yes. who message me that she, she's in university. She went home and her mother, the, she, you know, and this girl's in great shape and, but she worked, she does worry about her body. And she said that she woke up in the morning and her mother said, did you weigh yourself? And she said, yes. <gasps> and she said, and, and what was it? And she told her, and she said, well, that's not bad. And I said to her, don't weigh what? Yeah. Don't weigh yourself. What do you weigh yourself for? Yeah. Like, what is that? No, I haven't weighed myself in years. It's not, it's not a thing. So there's no reason why this girl needs to weigh herself in the morning before. But that I kept telling her, that's not a you issue. Yeah. That's your mom's, your mom's yeah. eating disorder. Yeah. That's your mom's issue. Do not let her project that on you. So that's what it is. When people are so focused on what you're eating and what your body looks like, that's their yeah. issue. Yeah, absolutely. you got it. You got to just shut that down. Yeah, we've started Your calling each other issues out. off my body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for yeah. Sure. We've started like all if Michelle says something, I'll be like, ah, don't talk about my best friend that way. <laughs> you know, and we try really hard to call each other out. Yeah. And yeah. my girlfriend now she'll be like, um, please don't talk about my girlfriend that way. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Yes, I you know, love that. <clears throat> yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. I would right? never you say wouldn't. the things you would never Michelle talk. that you I say to right, me. Right, that you say yeah. to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. I think that's still the biggest for me. That's still such a big issue. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter whatever, like people and people really minimize body image issues and eating disorders, yeah. especially people think it's vanity. It has nothing to do with vanity. And I think that that's, uh, and, and it's, it's much bigger than even social media like I always say the media and society didn't make me sick but they kept me sick yeah yeah and that's the difference my eating disorder is way more than just I mean I it started in 87 there was no social media then. yeah so it had it, it's way deeper than that it came from trauma it came from loss however the fact that the skinnier I got because I was starving myself society went oh good for you yeah. that's the problem Eating disorders are the only disorder that society cheers on. Yeah, it is the only one that makes it harder to recover from. Yeah, because when you're losing weight, people always assume it's the right way to go, and they will they will applaud you for doing that. They applaud that eating disorder behavior. Oh, you didn't eat chocolate for a year. Good for you. Why? Yeah, it's freaking pleasure. Like, (laughs) no, it's not okay. Oh, I'm not eating carbs. Why? It's not heroin. It's yeah, like freaking bagels. <laughs> you know, it's it's so we're Need just we're glamorizing. <laughs> I know we're glamorizing the wrong things. Yeah, and that is what makes it so hard to recover. Yeah, that makes it so hard to recover. You Absolutely. know, so that's why my heart breaks. My heart breaks for people who are still who are dealing with this. And yeah. and I and I think one thing, if I could, I'm going to use this just to say, but what thing is really important is we also have to separate the eating disorder from the person. So I think one of the things that's so hard about speaking out about eating disorder or getting help is that it does seem embarrassing, mm-hmm. gross. It can seem whatever. And I think people have to realize that eating disorders are horrible, but people who battle them are not. Yeah. yeah. So if you're dealing with an eating disorder, it's your disorder that's horrible, but you deserve to be happy and you deserve to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So absolutely speak out about it. Get help for it oh my God, I just posted something about this yesterday. Like unfollow any social media accounts that make you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself through that. Find your safe space. Everyone deserves to be healthy and deserves to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, I feel like we just had a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a whole new podcast. Yeah. Like therapy with Marcy. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Oh. Well, I just love it so much. I'm sad that we've already been talking for close to an hour, but we definitely would love to have you back and hear Absolutely. more. You know, like I would love to hear about like you're coming out. Absolutely. That'd be great. I yeah. love that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for okay. Well, thanks for this. Day. I'll put a link in our show notes about to your like social media and your book. And maybe, maybe can we buy a copy of your book and do a Patreon draw with it? I would love that. All right. Have a okay. good day. Okay. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Hey, Michelle. Hello. Are you all better? Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's been five whole minutes. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, Marcy. Thank you so much for being on the show. That was such an amazing conversation. And it went like in a million different directions, but it was so good. Yeah. Even though we like went off course, it was this incredible. This is just what I love about our podcast. Absolutely. And talk about whatever we want. Whatever we want. Nobody tells us what to do. (laughs) And we're going to have her back because she's got so many incredible stories. Stories for days. From her stepdad robbing banks. Oh, yeah. uh, Coming out as a lesbian late in life. Yes. Uh, like everything, all the things. Her that book? She, her book, yeah. All of it. Yeah. So oh, if you amazing. want to buy her book, mm-hmm. uh, support her, go on Amazon and get it. If you want a chance to win the book while supporting us, mm-hmm. go on over to our Patreon and sign up and we'll be doing a draw this month for it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be an active Patreon for the month of January to be entered into the draw. Also, give us a follow. If you're not if you're not on our Instagram, where are you at? Where are you at, girl? Um, so you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok at I did not sign up for this. That's yeah, all. That's really? all. That's we us. Don't do anything else. No, I mean we've got merch. We don't talk we about merch. that no, enough. We haven't talked about our merch. I'm gonna do some revamping of our merch. Yeah, so we've got updating of our merch. And I'm wearing it today. I'm wearing my you favorite are. hoodie. Um, the I did not sign up for this hoodie. We've got toques, beanies if you're in the States, mm-hmm. and tote bags and stickers and mugs. Oh yeah, the pit. Where is our pillowcase? I have it somewhere. I want it. All right. I'll, I'll just get you. my own. Sure. Put get it on my own. couch. <laughs> it says I did not sign up for this. All sorts of things. Yep. So we've got that. We've got stickers. We've got our, all just everything. Check us out. Do it. Check us out. Yeah. You guys, I hope you have a great week. I hope everybody stays healthy and warm. You know, just uh, hang in there. Just hang in there. That's honestly, <laughs> That's this feels, we can do. if we had to have a theme for 2022 yeah. so far, it's hang in there. Hang in there. We're you not know? sure if it's going to get better, but just hang in hang there. Hang in there because <laughs> time just will pass anyway. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't know. All right. Okay. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, 
healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.